I'm Matt Chapman, and welcome to the Future of HR podcast. In this podcast series, we look at forward-thinking trends on HR and how these trends are changing the HR world. Hello, this is Oscar Fuchs, and I'm here again with Stella Strasdas, Executive Advisor and Global HR Leadership Coach here at Chapman CG. Hello again, Stella. Hello there, Oscar. Well, it's great to have you back, um, and today's topic is about how to effectively collaborate between corporate HR and um, the field HR business partners, something which is relevant across all companies, across all industries. Um, so very generally, where, where do you see this, um, uh, this tension uh, in, in today's HR? Right. I would say that as I look at that tension, it many times it's not dissimilar from what one might see in the broader business model of the organization. So HR may sometimes emulate that, but HR may also have some of its own issues around collaboration because we are many times launching, designing global processes for cost effectiveness. And at the same time, there's a need to truly understand the local market conditions. And what what I've seen at times is collaboration, when it's not smooth, it many times gets labeled as resistance or you don't understand instead of opening it up to what I would call a richer discussion that actually helps see what is the value of what we are trying to do that's broadly going to apply to all employees. Because when you think about it, global HR processes are about connecting your employees in an equitable manner. And I think for many of our employees who are much more connected globally, even in their personal lives, Um, to have an organization that's transparent on a global scale is actually quite attractive. But I would also say, Oscar, that part of it is knowing the roles and the value that's created along the value chain, I'll call it, of HR. So I think global is looking at the trends. What is the functional strategy of HR to meet the function or the business needs, I should say, and the business strategy? Also looking at many things that are going to come back to publicly traded companies, board of directors. What's your succession planning look like? And many times that is global. At the same time, in the field, and I'll call it in the field, as a business partner in HR, we're working with strategies that may be business unit specific, geographically specific, and globally specific for a business unit plus for the HR function. So for me, it's how do we look at those points of integration that can really help the communication between the field and global to be, I would say, a circle versus arrows back and forth, but something that enriches each other. So let me pause there because that was a rather long answer, Oscar. (laughs) No, I think that's a great start to the the answer. And I guess, you know, that's that's probably taking it from a a philosophical standpoint. Let's just talk nitty-gritty then. You know, on on a practical level, What is the answer? You know, let's say there's a a corporate strategy that's being cascaded down from the global, uh, but then there is um, someone sitting in a market, let's say in Latin America, or it could be Africa, um, where that just doesn't gel with the local situation. So how does this get uh, resolved in that situation? Yeah, that's a great question. And and I was was going to say it depends, (laughs) and it does, but I can give some examples. (laughs) Um, you know, having had um, working with Asia Pacific and working with Latin America and also in global roles, uh, I certainly have had my, my chance of thinking about that and also experiencing it. And 
You know, I think the, the one thing I'd come back to is really to think about how do I open up a circular channel of communication? And I would say if I'm sitting at the global level or the field level. But let's go from the field level. You know, um, I've had some examples where when we were looking at launching global HR transformational projects, and that's where you really are looking at something that's generally driven by efficiency, effectiveness, and also beginning to move business leaders, employees towards more, let's say, self-service. And in some companies and in some geographies, that's brand new. In other companies, it's how they do their business. It's not such an issue. So that's why I think it depends. It will be different for different companies depending where they are. But what I found very helpful is, um, particularly in the field, to say, well, wait a minute, let me understand this global, I'll call it program that's being launched and approach. What is it that is not going to work or what do I need to make it work? And so that's a little bit of taking it to not only what's not going to work, but wherever there's something that you think is not going to work, what would it take to make it work? And one of the things we did in um, some of the regions that I was in, and particularly in Latin America, was we actually created our own readiness checklist. And this is about launching some um, HR transformation and really beginning to shift the HR model and business model. And so we started to work in partnership with the business leaders. And that, I think, is very important because sometimes if we're only within HR, we're going to miss, and our business leaders may be more ready than we think. And so what we developed was, let's really sit with our business leaders and create an advisory council to see this is what's coming, this is how we're influencing it, what's our feedback. And together what we found out, which was fascinating, was what was the business leader readiness to embrace it? What was the HR readiness to embrace it? And then we went into, do we have the systems? What are the legal constraints? When we did that, we became so objective in assessing our readiness. And what we found, Oscar, which surprised us a bit was our business leaders were more ready than HR. And so some of our concerns were more our own. And when we partnered locally across the company, we actually created a plan. And that plan, I'm, I'm suffice it to say, actually ended up being adapted globally. So I do think in the field, because we're so close to the market and the customer, our insights can absolutely benefit global design and global launch plans. Yeah, that's, um, that's well said. I guess when, when I'm listening to you speak, I'm thinking of two examples um, of things that I've heard recently in the field. Um, the first one was when you said, funnily enough, that business was more ready than HR. This is something which we actually see quite, quite a lot. And um, there was somebody who said recently in a, in a group meeting, a beautiful um, analogy of it's like being um, in, in the airplane where uh, HR has to, you know, put on their own air mask before you put it on to that of your child. And I think that's, that analogy is, is very much the same when, um, when going through change. Um, I think we, we think about um, the child first, but if, if you yourself are dealt with, there's no way that you can actually uh, emulate that, that change yourself. Um, that one made me chuckle slightly. Um, the the other example I think was um, was when when you were talking about um, you know how to make sure that you're basically empathising with each other, so the field versus um, the business versus um, the global headquarter level. I heard a, a very interesting example of where an HR leader just got everyone who represented different sides of that angle 
to put their name into a hat and then you picked up a name from the hat and then you just sort of put yourself in their situation in, in that um, in that argument and that was a very simple strategy but just just forcing people to empathize oh okay you know I see I see exactly where you're coming from from this angle I think was a very easy way to to practically get those um, things nutted out no, I love that. And that also, when you think about that, Oscar, right, you are really helping and inviting people. And I do think sometimes it's even the language that we use. You're inviting people to be part of the solution, right, versus mm-hmm. I'm pushing away because it doesn't work. And so what you, those example that you just described is about creating an energy towards something, right? And it's an invitation, mm-hmm. which I do think as human beings, we like to be part of something that's positive and something that's going to work. And it's problem solving, isn't it? You know, I think sometimes in mm-hmm. HR, um, I, I look at other parts of the business. I always, my favorite is always to look at strategic marketing as an example. Strategic marketing in most companies is a global function, headquartered. They're designing global products. But they need to have in the field market research that brings all the insights of that local market And they begin to look at the demographics, the size of those markets, and how do I make sure that my global product has the most reach and the most relevance? Because it's no longer you're just selling something. You're really needing to bring a solution that's actually going to improve, right, either quality of life. Mm. In this case, for me, it would be improving our talent, our culture, Um, our engagement, and thinking of what is it that HR brings to the table, and how do we do that, similar to how our business models benefit from all those wonderful insights in a market, but knowing how to integrate them, synergize them. And then when you roll it back out, you're really helping to understand, you know, what are the, I'd say, launch challenges, but also the launch opportunities from which we can learn from each other. That's right. And I think just, um, you know, when it comes to what HR's um, practical um, you know, ability to, to help with that is I think HR has that very specific mindset to, to bring people together, you know, to gain consensus, to really show accountability and that they understand the pulse of the organization, right? And so bring all these disparate people together. Is, is, is that where you're seeing, um, you know, where HR can really play this part? I really do, Oscar. And I think sometimes, you know, for many of our, um, <clears throat> I think in, within HR, the ability to not have all the time the hard product, right? <laughs> because part of it is mm-hmm. we look at the, okay, I've launched a performance development plan or I've launched a new successful planning process or I've launched an IT. But instead, to really think about, wait a minute, I've actually brought a team together and we've got such perspectives that what we've created is a competitive advantage to our organization. That's a different mm-hmm. kind of, I'll call it art. And I do think that HR has an art to it. And, uh, and, you know, just like, in, and particularly as we go more into innovation and solutions uh, that are uniquely constructed for the business, that's a new value add for HR because so many of us already are dealing with business services that are being pulled out of HR, operational excellence. Many of those things are not distinct to different companies or industries. So where is it that HR brings that distinct value of consulting and efficiency, but more importantly, I'm going to say value-added for the growth agenda and innovation agenda. Well, thanks very much, Stella. I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to this um, big topic in future podcasts. Thank you, Oscar. Great being here. For more Future of HR podcasts, visit www.chapmancg.com 
or subscribe on iTunes.